Hello, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be answering some listener question and answer today all about business. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that being a business coach is a very large part of my business, and I'm so excited to be kind of coming back around to this to round out the end of the year. I'm going to be relaunching my group program, Ignite, which is aimed towards getting business owners to 5K months consistently, and then towards the end of the year, I'll be launching my six-figure mastermind. I'm so excited. This is for coaches, healers, nutritionists, those who work in the online space that are really looking to make a big impact and make the income that they deserve. So really excited to be answering some of these amazing questions today. Honestly, answering questions like this is where you can get so much feedback from me. So if you ever have a question, you can go ahead and go to my website, ladybetacoaching.com. There is a place where you can submit questions. You can also email me your questions for the podcast, chelsea at ladybetacoaching.com, and we can talk about it a little bit more longer form. Um, I do a lot of Q&A on Instagram as well, but for me, this is just what I really like because then I can just verbalize, I can talk. I think that it can kind of like resonate a lot more deeply as well. So first of all, I felt really pulled to draw a card for this. And the Priestess of Light deck was really calling to me. So this deck, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. There's a lot of women with animals. And for me, it's it's just really empowering. So I'm going to go ahead and shuffle these and draw a card for us. So when I do things like drawing cards, what I'm doing is asking the universe if they have a message. So I do this for my clients. I do it for myself all the time, for my group programs, and just asking the universe, what message do you want to convey at this time? And usually it's really potent. It really resonates. It's really impactful. So the card that I drew today, the title of it is Summoning Power. I drew this and I was like, oh yeah, this is good. So there's a woman in white and she's standing next to what looks like two white wolves. The words under summoning power are instinct, intellect, and control. So the description of this card is, the priestess of night is summoning the power of the full moon and channeling it to the wild wolves beside her. She is calm and in control. The wolves stand at attention with the energy of quiet strength resonating from above. This card is telling you that you have far more power than you realize. There may be something in your life, perhaps a relationship or a recent challenge, that you have felt powerless to handle. If so, it's time to focus your own intellect and instinct on the issue at hand, then muster the courage to take the necessary action. It may also be time to harness the unhealthy patterns that you have left unchecked. Indulgences and addictions might seem to have the upper hand, but your wild impulses can absolutely be tamed. Remain peaceful but persistent in the noble pursuit of self-honoring and self-control. Be honest about your ability to prioritize your higher needs. When you summon the quiet yet powerful light of your soul, your intuitive strength becomes a central force in your own life and a resonant voice in the world. And then there's an affirmation here. I am strong and self-directed. I bring my inner power to every area of my life. Ooh, this is so good. This actually gives me chills. Summoning power. It's all about realizing, holy shit, you've had this power. You've had these answers all along. How do we get you to rise above and to actually channel this power to harness it so that you can put it into these different areas, avenues, and aspects of your life that you're wanting to grow? I mean, this goes so perfectly well with business. For me, when I think back on my own business journey, I was always meant to be in this place 
that I was now, but I had to overcome a lot of shit in order to get here. So I really truly think that most business owners, like this path was always meant for you, but that's not to say it's always going to be easy. Like we do have to have those trials and tribulations in order for us to like really remember our power, remember our value, and then to be able to grow and expand from there. Ooh, that was such a good card. Okay, that puts us like, I mean, that was a perfect introduction to some of these questions. So let's go ahead and jump into the first question. So this is from Kelsey, and she asks, she wants to be a climbing coach. What are the very first steps? Do I get stronger? She can already climb up to V8, which is fucking awesome. And then she asked, training certs? So this is a question that I get all the time. I absolutely love this question. So the first thing that I want to tell Kelsey and anybody out there that's wanting to become a climbing coach is, you are enough already as you are right now. You don't need to get stronger. You don't need to focus on the physical side of things. Training certifications, those are definitely important. You know, so if you're going to be working with people in a physical manner, training them, you know, working on mindset stuff, I do think having a certification is really important. For me, I went and got my personal training certification in my last year of college. So that was probably around 2013. And I've had that ever since. I've re-upped on it since then. Um, I got it through ACE. There are other places that you can get personal training certifications through NASM. Um, the NSCS, I believe, also does it as well. And the reason behind this, like, no, it's not climbing specific, but it gives you this base of knowledge and it's also going to protect not only you, but your clients as well. And I think that's so important. I, I really think this speaks a lot to integrity and really being able to show up in a way that matches your values and protects both you and your clients. So protecting everybody on both sides. You can also do things like the performance climbing coaching seminars. You can um, take classes from Tyler Nelson of C4HP. I think that that's really beneficial and gives you a lot more of the climbing specific lens on top of doing those kind of baseline certifications. So if you get just a basic personal training certification, then you can start to add on different little parts of that. So I would say that that would be one of the first steps is getting that certification certification just to cover your bases, to grow your foundation, because it is really important to understand how muscle groups work together, how to program for people as well. I think that that is wildly important. Um, being able to create a workout and training plan that's actually really effective. And then the next steps after that would be getting really clear on who you want to work with. So I know the first answer that might come to mind is like, oh, well, all climbers, everybody. But I would I would urge you to get a little bit more specific than that. There's got to be a subset of the population that you are more drawn to, that you feel really passionate about. So whether that is, you know, potentially it's getting further certifications to work with pregnant women. Maybe it's working with people who are postpartum. Maybe it's working with, you know, moms or women in specific. Maybe it's working with people that are brand new to training. Maybe it's working with elite athletes who are trying to train at a very high level. And maybe you want to work with competition athletes. Maybe you want to work with kids. So getting really clear on who is it that I'm really excited to work with, because when you try to have too big of a niche, when you try to talk to too many people at once, your messaging gets lost. It gets muddy. It's clouded. People aren't really sure. Are they talking to me? Is this for me? Is this like a beginner program? Or is this somebody, you know, for like if I'm trying to climb V10, is this also for me? So once you really figure out who you want to work with, then that's going to help direct a lot of your marketing, a lot of your messaging after that. 
So I would say those are kind of the first two steps. And then everything beyond that is going to be learning how to create offers, learning how to launch, learning how to pitch yourself, learning how to market. Those are all things that I'll be teaching inside Ignite. That's my 12-week business accelerator course that'll be launching on October 25th, which is super exciting. Holy shit, I cannot wait. That'll be when the waitlist opens. So if you want to join the waitlist for Ignite, you head to the link in the show notes and you'll be able to save $500 off of enrollment when the waitlist opens. So super excited about that. But first two steps, yes, getting a certification would be really important. Don't worry about climbing harder. You do not need to climb harder in order to essentially prove your worth as a climbing coach. That's total bullshit. Like we don't we don't need to feed into that. Um, you know, if you were a male, would you have those same thoughts? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I really just want you to stand in your own worth, Kelsey, and you are strong enough as you are. So getting that cert would be a really good first step. And then deciding who it is that you want to work with. And keep in mind, too, that this can change. It doesn't have to stay the same throughout your entire career. You're not like saying, okay, this is the thing that I'm going to do forever. You are allowed. You have permission to pivot to change once you want to, but you do kind of have to get your foot in the door somewhere. So just picking kind of initially and understanding that, you know, if you get excited about something else, that that can totally change. So next question is, I love this question. How important is aesthetic in social media business marketing? Okay, this is such a great question. So for me, I'm all about using social media to market for your business. So tools like Instagram, Facebook, email, TikTok, if that's what you're into. There are so many different things. YouTube is another really great one. Podcasting. All of these forms of social media really add into how far can you spread your message? How big of an impact can you have? How many people can you reach? How visible can you become? So I think if you're not already using social media and you are an online business owner, like this is my plea to you. Please, please, please do it. It is honestly a lot easier than it sounds. And once you come up with a strategy, once you find a way to show up on social media that feels really good for you in a way that feels really good for you, I have quite a few clients that email feels awesome for them. That's something that they can keep up with really well, but something like YouTube would not be an appropriate platform for them. So it's really just experimenting and seeing like, what do I feel good with? What do I really enjoy? What do I really like? For me, I love Instagram. I love podcasting and I really love email marketing. Those are kind of my big three I also have a Facebook group and I've done some stuff on YouTube, but kind of my main three focuses are the ones that I just mentioned. So when we're talking about things like aesthetic, so I think where this comes up probably the most would be Instagram. So aesthetic, yes, it does play a part in this because what we're really talking about here is branding. You know, if you're going to post something and maybe it doesn't even have your name on it, would somebody recognize that it's from you? You know, are you doing things like using similar colors, fonts, and images so that people can really start to see, okay, I associate, for me, I I know the hex code for the color pink that I use. It's FFA79F, and that is the color that I use for pretty much everything. So that is like my color. That is the colors of Lady Beta. I don't think anybody else uses those colors because, you know, they're probably associated with me. I haven't seen anybody else in the climbing or the business coach kind of space using those colors because I really stepped in and was like, yep, these are my colors. These are what I do. I use that. I use a darker gray. I use black, white, kind of just 
you know, all centered around this pink. And then I have a little bit of a darker pink that I use as well. But when we're talking about things like, oh, do I need to do every other Instagram post as maybe I do a text post and then a, a picture post and then a reels post. And that's kind of the, let's say, pattern that you go in. I don't necessarily think that you have to do that. Like if that's something that works really well for you, it motivates you to post and it doesn't feel restrictive. It doesn't feel suffocating for you. Awesome. Do that. If it feels like it literally makes you happy to see that aesthetic on your feed, you can totally do that. You have full permission for me to like go go crazy on that and do it until it doesn't feel good. You know, it might feel good for a couple weeks and then it might start feeling really restrictive because what that actually does is it doesn't allow you to share things as in the moment. You know, it takes a lot more planning. So if you're somebody that feels really good with that, like obviously that could be a really great option. But if you're somebody like me, that is, I really like to share when I feel things very deeply. And if I wanted to go share something and I'm like, shit, this is supposed to be like a text post or a a selfie or whatever it is, I think I would lose a lot of my steam and I would probably end up not posting. So Aesthetics, yes, they are important, but they are not more important than posting. Like you have to post first and then you can worry about the aesthetics of things. So things that I would say are relatively important. So pick a couple brand colors, pick a couple fonts and try to stick with those and be consistent with them. You know, it doesn't have to be every single thing every single time, but I do think that kind of getting it into people's minds, like the colors that are associated with your brand is really, really powerful and it can be really impactful. So kind of just to summarize this, how important is the aesthetic in social media? So it is important, but it is not the end-all be-all. I would absolutely argue that your message, your content, what you're actually educating on, what you're actually talking about, the words that you're using is far more important. So don't let these little details trip you up. I think the messaging and kind of what you have to share is ultimately going to shine through, you know, if you use a slightly different shade of pink than you did before. Okay, next question. So this is a really great one as well. I'm really excited. I want to do an entire podcast episode about kind of how to make more time in your day and how to really step out of that. Stop being so busy. You know, we always say that, oh, I'm busy. And it's like this badge of honor, like, oh, I've been really busy lately. Or you're like, wow, I'm like so busy. I have no time for anything. So the question is strategies for making time to work on the business when you have kids, jobs, and other distractions. Okay, such a great question here. And my heart really goes out to this person that asked this question because they have a lot of commitments. You know, not only are they trying to run a business, but they have kids. They have literal other humans to take care of and they have another job. So, you know, and then life compounding on top of that, you know, it's not just we need to be a parent, we need to work and then that's it. Like you actually need time for your own self-care and your own hobbies that you enjoy. So there's a lot in here. So what I would say is if you are somebody that has like a steady job, you have a stable income, and you really want to work on your side hustle and you have the means to, I would start hiring help. I would either have somebody, you know, to clean your house once a week, or I would have, you know, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a babysitter that you hire, but just to free up a little bit of this time. And you might be thinking like, oh my God, like no way, like I'm meant to handle this all. But like, here's the thing is you're not like we were never meant to do 
all of this by ourselves. And there is literally no shame, no guilt in having help. It's actually, in my mind, it's one of the best and most empowering things that you can do for yourself is to say, hey, I would love some help here. And you know what you get to do by paying somebody else to do things for you is, I mean, not only are you paying them, but you are stimulating the economy. For me, I like to hire women to do things and it feels really good for me to put money back in in that way. So you can think about that. And, you know, what I would say here too is, you might be putting a lot of pressure on yourself to wear all of these hats, to do all of these things. And first of all, like, I want you to tell yourself, like, I'm doing a fucking good job. Like, pat yourself on the back. Like, I want you to really understand that this is probably more than most people will deal with on any given day. So just remind yourself that, like, you are literally doing the best that you can. But if you can carve out some dedicated time and space for yourself to work on your business, like, that is going to be, I think, probably pretty game-changing for you. It's going to help you actually move the needle forward. And then when you do have that time and space, do you have clarity around what needs to get done in order for you to move the needle forward on your business? What are the money makers inside of your business? A lot of people don't know these things. A lot of people are focused on, you know, responding to comments, um, responding to emails. But are those actually the things that are getting you paid clients? Are those people that are purchasing your products? So making sure you're really clear on, okay, Yep, when I have a pocket of two hours, I know exactly what I'm working on. And I will say, too, that sometimes having less time to work on things can actually be more beneficial because if we give ourselves, let's say, four hours to work on a task, okay, in these four hours, I'm going to come up with um, a couple pieces of content. I'm going to respond to these emails. You're going to take all four hours. But if you give yourself two hours, you're probably going to complete the same amount of work in those two hours. So it really is just getting clear on what needs to get done, what's the priority, what can wait. And I would also put in here too. So, you know, maybe you're not full-time in your business yet, but if you can outsource things, if you have the means to, most people outsource far too late when they are overwhelmed. They're like borderline burnout. They like hate some parts of their job. So I would say if you can outsource things, so maybe this is social media management, maybe it is somebody going into your inbox, maybe it's copywriting, maybe it is, you know, graphic design, whatever it is, like I would, you know, people always think that, well, I'm not possibly making enough money yet, so how could I hire anything out? But the thing that you have to think about is if I pay somebody else to do this, how many hours does that free up for me to work on other parts of my business? When I finally started to hire out for things like podcast editing and sales pages and website design and a whole host of other things, I was like, holy shit, I have more time and all of a sudden, I feel way more creative and all of a sudden, I can put way more out and I'm way more focused. I have way more clarity in my business. I have a lot more direction and it feels really, really good. So I would say potentially, you know, coming up with a list of the things that you really love doing in your business. We want to keep, you know, you doing those, keep you in your zone of genius. And then the things that you're like, no, no, no. I don't like that. Maybe it is bookkeeping. Maybe it's the legal stuff. I would absolutely recommend hiring that out and making sure that like we're keeping you in your zone of genius as much as possible because that is going to energize the business. That is going to actually move things forward for you. So strategies, I mean, honestly, hiring things out letting yourself receive that help. And I know it can be so hard for me for the longest time. I just thought it was, you know, like 
I thought I was just really proud of myself for being able to do all of these things on my own. But what I really realized is that's a wound. Like thinking that I have to do everything by myself, that is a wounded behavior. And thinking that, you know, I'm the only one that could do this this well. If I want it done right, I have to do it. It comes back to control. And for me, that's not the way that I want to run things. The way that I want to run things is I want to be supported. Um, When I think of this and when I think of my role in my business, like I want to be a fucking queen. I want to be so supported and so led to things that I feel like all I have to do is show up and do the thing and all the rest of the pieces are taken care of. And that's a really big difference between shifting between, okay, I work inside my business And then I'm working on my business. I'm actually moving my business forward. So hopefully those were helpful. And just, again, reminding yourself, like, you are doing the best that you can with what you have. And, you know, if you have those pockets of time, just get super clear on what needs to get done. And I would say hire out, delegate, anything that you can do to keep you working on the tasks that you really like, love, and enjoy. Okay, last question. Oh, this is such, such a good one. So biggest differences I've seen between five, six, and seven-figure businesses. So this question is from Kyle. He went through Ignite, and I was so, so glad to have him in the group. He added so much value. He added so much to the group in terms of his experience, his insight. It was just really great to have him in there. So biggest differences that I've seen between five, six, and seven-figure businesses. So let's start first with between five and six. So between five and six, so you can be full-time in either of these. You could be part-time, you know, doing either of these. And it really just comes down to, you guys are going to think I'm just saying this a lot, but like how much are you letting yourself be supported? Because as you scale your business, like you do not have more hours in the day. Like there is going to be a point in time where you're like, I have too much to do and there is literally one of me. So how am I going to be able to essentially work more but I don't have more hours of the day. The way that you're able to work more is you hire people to help you. So between five and six, I would say, you know, you don't have to hire anybody to get to six figures. I certainly didn't. I hit six figures relatively quickly in my business and it was all me, but I was working like a fucking mad woman. I was working so much. I was doing all of the things inside my business and a lot of things were falling through the cracks. Like my uh, bookkeeping, I certainly wasn't doing that because I was like, nope, that's not a thing that I like. And I finally hired an accountant, a bookkeeper, to take care of that. That felt so much better. Um, Not only just like in my mind, but energetically, it felt so much better as well. So I would really say there is like, how willing are you to let yourself be supported? And how willing are you to let go of control? Another big piece here between five and six is what is your capacity to handle uncertainty? This is a huge question because as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, this is all of what it comes back to is nothing is certain. You are going to have to pivot. You are going to have to react and respond to the different changes. You know, Instagram went down about a week ago. And I would say, you know, if you have the ability to notice that and to respond accordingly and say like, okay, yeah, I have an email list, so it's totally fine. Things like that are always going to happen. You're going to have clients that, you know, want or demand something else from you. It's how you react and respond in that moment. You know, the market could change. Let's take the pandemic, for example. Like, how do you respond to these things? How flexible are you? How much capacity do you have for uncertainty? That's a really big one. 
I also notice a lot between five and six figure businesses is what are the risks that you're willing to take? How willing are you to invest in yourself? I think that that's a really important question as well is especially if you are somebody that offers services, you know, perhaps one-on-one coaching or maybe it's group programs. If you are unwilling to invest in yourself, what is that telling the universe? It's saying, I'm not worthy. I don't actually believe in myself enough to get a return on my investment. And then you're expecting other people to work with you. That's a total mismatch. It doesn't work that way. So it's understanding that you might invest something like $1,000, but you're going to get $9,000, $10,000 back from that. It's understanding those things. And a lot of the times in order to be the thing, we've got to do the thing. Okay, if I want confidence, well, I'm just going to act confident first. You know, I'm going to put that money down even though I have no fucking idea how I'm going to make it back. And then all of a sudden you do because you you literally decided, you put your energy behind that thing and the universe rewarded you. The universe said, okay, they're serious about it. I see that. Okay, let's give them some opportunities. Let's Let's send some clients their way. And when you put money down, a lot of the times, something changes. You're like, oh, okay, this is a real fucking thing. I got to show up for myself. I have to show up. I have to see if this thing that I am actually wanting to get off the ground, if this can work. I'm betting on myself. So you bet I'm going to show up for this. You bet I'm going to try to make this work. So differences that I've seen between six and seven figure businesses. So for me, I'm personally working on building a seven figure business. I've done a lot of reformatting in the last year. It's been, let's say growing pains. I've had a lot of fucking growing pains around this because I really do love working with people one-on-one. But when you think about scaling a business, especially between six and seven figures is if you're continuing to see one-on-one clients and you're wanting to shift between six and seven figures, What is the way that you're going to be able to make seven figures? You have to raise your prices. And for me, that just wasn't in alignment anymore. I didn't want to raise my prices any higher. What I wanted to do is to impact and to serve more people. So that means stopping one-on-one. That means more groups, more self-paced offers, more intensives, more one-off things. Things that I'm not necessarily spending, you know, 10 to 15 hours every single week with clients. For me, when I have the most space and time and I feel the most creative, that's when I'm at my best. So understanding that in order to scale your business, really looking at the way that you're running things right now, how can I scale this offer? If it's not scalable, we have to change it. And really understanding too that systems and processes have a lot to play in this as well. So starting to think about things like funnels, Do you have a core offer that you can funnel people to that is essentially hands-off? This has a lot to do with email marketing and really getting people into your audience. Do you have a way to attract people into your audience to, to essentially like give them your email address and then to start to get interested in your freebies? Maybe it's a free masterclass, a free workshop, a PDF, and then eventually become a paying customer to work with you. So really thinking of all of these steps in the process, because it's pretty rare that people go from not knowing about you to just working with you instantly. There's a warm-up process in between there. It's that no like, and trust factor. Do you have that down to a T to where it's also hands-off, to where you are not the one initiating that every single time? Do you have a way to welcome people to your audience to say, hey, here's what I have to offer? You know, I have a podcast. I have all these freebies. Enjoy. Let me know if you have any questions. So it really is like, how do we get to remove you as the middleman 
to where things are just coming across to you that you need to know about. For me, that's why I have assistants. You know, I have somebody that deals with my email inbox, somebody that for the most part deals with my social media inbox because there's a lot of, you know, messages that I get that I'm like, yeah, this probably doesn't need to be me taking care of this. And again, that's what I have an email for is the more important messages, the, you know, requests for affiliate, you know, if somebody wants to partner with me, if somebody has a question about my programs, happy to answer that. But it really is like, how do we get you to be working less and more efficiently, more effectively? Because again, we don't we don't have more than 24 hours in a day. And there's a lot of other important things like climbing, like sleep, like eating, like spending time with your loved ones, like taking care of yourself that have to go in those 24 hours as well. So it really is. What's your vision for your business? How big do you want this to grow? And where do you need support? Because you can do a lot of this by yourself. But what's the point if you become resentful, burnt out, you hate the niche that you're in, when it all could have been prevented by hiring on some help and keeping you in your zone of genius, keeping you doing what you love, keeping you doing what you're passionate about, what you're good at? For me, I realized very early on, I don't need to be doing website things. This actually like makes my eyes cross and I don't love it. There are a lot of things in my business that I don't need to be doing and I'm so thankful to pay for people to do those for me. It actually allows me free time to create more, to connect more, to come up with more ideas on how to grow the business. So if you're trying to scale your business from six to seven figures, really think about where do I need support? Where could I let go of a little bit of control? Where could I use some systems, some processes? And is my message clear? Is what I do clear beyond a doubt to people that join my audience? Do they know who I am, what I'm all about within five seconds of reading my profile? There's so much more in here, but just to kind of give a general overview of things. And if you're a business owner looking to scale to six figures, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'll be running a six-figure mastermind that'll be launching towards the end of the year to start in January 2022 because is there a better time to start on a transformational path and... It's just such exciting energy that time of year. No, I don't think that there is. Um, January is amazing for so many reasons. But if you're interested in that, make sure you send me a DM or an email because this is going to be a very, very small container. Um, Probably no more than six people because I want it to be extremely high touch, very hands-on, and extremely supportive. I'm so excited for this. Um, This is what I literally could have used when trying to grow my business to six figures. It was a whole different level of support than just starting your business. Um, they're, They're different beasts, if you will. So again, if you're interested in that, make sure you let me know so I can put you on the wait list when spots open. These were such amazing questions. I have even more up my sleeve and in the queue for future episodes of the podcast. And just a reminder, that I'll be doing two episodes a week for the next foreseeable future. I'm really excited about this. I have so many great interviews that I want to share. People like Jessica Campbell. She's a Leavenworth local. I'm so excited to get that one out. I have one of my friends and clients, Kadisha. She's also a climbing coach. She has really great insight on how we can be more compassionate with ourselves. I'm so excited for these interviews to come out. So stay tuned for those. 
Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't yet already, you know what I'm going to ask. Please leave a rating and a review. It helps me. It helps other people find the show. It doesn't take very long and you get to spread a little bit of love, positivity, and joy. We definitely need more of those things each and every single day. And I will talk to you next episode.